Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric Rasulior, and today my merchant friend and I are walking to the area known as Black Marsh. Another name for it is Argonia. Yes, today we're going to be talking about the Argonians. But, uh, Merchant, how are you doing today? This one is tired of walking, but once we get to Black Marsh, it'll be good, you know? Yeah, so I should say, one thing I'm wondering is, who booked this trip? What do you mean? What I mean is, who is the one that said we're going to be walking from the Rothgar Mountains in northeastern Tamriel in High Rock all the way down to Black Marsh, which is in the far southeastern corner of the map? Oh, because she just pretty sure it was you, no? Yeah, I guess you're right. So, well, while we're on our way there, we are going to talk about the Argonians. But before we get to that, let's get to the news. All right, guys, so we got a lot of news coming out of Bethesda, you know, from QuakeCon. So... Speaking of QuakeCon, as a thank you for the money that was raised during QuakeCon, they are unlocking Quake 2 on August the 12th and Quake 3 on August the 17th for 72 hours. So this is actually really cool. So if you have the Bethesda launcher on PC, you are able to, during that 72-hour period for those two games, you can get them for free, and they're free to keep. So if you have not played Quake 2 or Quake 3, like I have not, honestly, I've never played those two games, take advantage of this while it's available. So free games, yeah, why not? Um, other news, we got uh, DLC for Doom Eternal announced. It's known as The Ancient Gods Part 1. And they haven't said exactly when it's coming out, but they just said it will be sometime this year. Um... <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. Um, apparently, in Ghostwire Tokyo, you can pet a dog. So, there's a nice little bright spot in that game. Who doesn't like petting the dogs, whether it's IRL or in a video game? I mean, I do. So, um, yeah, that's one thing you can do in Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, they posted an article about five different things you can do in Deadloop. So... Um, Let's see. The hero is a man named Colt. Colt. Not Colt. Um, yeah, we don't really, really deal with cults here. Uh, unless it's the cult of the Mothman. So, um, Colt is a man who wakes up every day, the target of a manhunt on the chaotic Isle of Black Reef. I almost said Black Reach, but uh, yeah, we're not talking about Elder Scrolls quite yet. So... Um, there's a catch here. Every day is the same thanks to a mysterious time loop that has Black Reef and all of its inhabitants living in an endless cycle. And in order to break the loop, Colt will have to get his hands dirty and then eliminate eight key targets. But he only has 24 hours to kill all eight or the loop resets. So basically it's a hellish version of Groundhog Day uh, combined with the Condemned. So... Um, the Who 
are eight visionaries responsible for maintaining the loop and they won't be easy to take out. Colt will have to use the loop to his advantage as he learns the visionaries' routines and schedules, where they'll be and when, in order to manipulate the island to his advantage. And the how is by any means necessary. As Colt loops, he'll discover new paths and learn secrets and grow stronger. Armed with an arsenal of powerful weapons and devastating abilities, he'll sneak, shoot, stab, and sabotage his way through Black Reef's murderous citizens. So, uh, then there's the hunt, which is, um, you know, there's eight targets and are the true antagonists of... eight Among the eight targets is the true antagonist of this story. The clever and lethal Juliana Blake. Her number one goal is to put an end to Colt's mission and protect the time loop. As stylish as she is deadly, Juliana has plenty of tricks up her sleeve to go head-to-head with Colt. Be sure and stay on your toes, because unlike the other NPC targets, Juliana could be another player breaking into your game and making trouble. And bonus is a switcheroo where Colt's single-player journey is the main... While Colt's single-player journey is the main focus of Deathloop, if you're feeling particularly devious, you can quit, switch things up and take on the role of Juliana and sneak into another player's game to cause some chaos. So, um, there's also an art book um, from Arcane 20, and it's uh, about Colt and Juliana. Learn even more about Deathloop and ch- check out the gameplay reveal trailer from the PlayStation 5 Future of Gaming event. Be sure uh, on the Bethesda website and make sure to keep an eye on Arcane20.com next week as they drop even more celebratory Arcane goodness. So yeah, they're they're celebrating their partnership with Arcane20. So um, there is a bit of Elder Scrolls news coming out of QuakeCon. So to celebrate QuakeCon, they are making ESO free from August 19th at 10 a.m., for uh, PC, Mac, and Xbox One, and August 20th from 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Time, for PlayStation 4. So, yeah, it's free for a week, so if you haven't played it yet and would like to, definitely take advantage of that. And also, during this time... You can save up to 50% on the game if you want to keep it, as well as the crown packs. So that's about it as far as the news goes. Now let's get into my gameplay. So I've been playing a little bit of ESO, both on PC and on Xbox. So on PC, I was doing a little bit of the Somerset stuff just to take advantage of the Somerset celebration. On Xbox, I've done a Fighter's Guild quest. I've done a Mage's Guild quest. Actually, a couple of Mage's Guild quests. And I've been doing some Harborage, or Har- yeah, Harborage quests. So I went in and rescued... Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Abner Thorn. sorry. Uh, how could I forget that guy? <laughs> uh, Alfred Molina. So... Uh, yeah, I rescued Abner Tharn, and he's as pompous as as ever. So, um, yeah, I'll probably actually stream some today after I post this. So, um, I'll send out a tweet about posting the episode as well as streaming ESO. So, stay tuned for that. So, um, 
other than that, I played some Grounded. I streamed a little bit of that. I've played some Fallout 4. And I've played a lot of Fallout 76, as always. So, um, you know, with Fallout 76, I think I'm level 32 now. So I've grown a little bit since my last episode. Um, that power armor has come in handy, let me tell you. Um, especially when dealing with, like, super mutants. And I killed my first Wendigo. So I don't know if I mentioned this on my last episode, but I encountered a ravenous Wendigo and I promptly hauled ass away from it because I wasn't about to deal with that. Well, and also I wasn't in power armor at the time. Well, with this one, it was part of a mission that Rose gives you, which I think I'm done with Rose's missions and I've gone on to getting some bunkers up and running. So... Um, yeah, she sent me into Wendigo Cave, which I've heard about quite a bit on the We Just Love Games episode, uh, show, that Fallout show. So, um, she sends you into Wendigo Cave and your primary target is actually one of the raiders who apparently had been turned into a Wendigo. So, even with power armor, he killed me the first time. But I uh, ran up to him again, took some chems like Psycho, and uh, I don't remember if I took Buff out or not. I think I did. And uh, killed him. So, yeah, killed my first Wendigo. Other than the Snallygaster, I don't think I've encountered any other cryptids besides Wendigos and Snallygasters. Eventually I'll find the Mothman and uh, may, may not join his cult, but yeah, probably not. Uh, as much as we all love the Mothman. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm probably, like I said, I'm probably going to stream some ESO later on today. My wife is now back at work, so I've got my weekday mornings free for the most part. So anyway, um, that is it as far as the news and my gameplay. So let's talk some Margonians after my anchor sponsor. So stay tuned. See you on the other side. All right, so as I have been saying, we are going to be talking about Argonians today. So uh, there is a lot here about Argonians. So um, yeah, let's let's dive into it. So Argonians are also known as Saxleal and people of the root in their native language of gel. They are reptilian natives of Black Marsh, and uh, Black Marsh is a vast swampland province in the southeastern part of Tamriel, as I kind of mentioned earlier. So I talked a little bit about Black Marsh. Uh, Black Marsh was the home of the Natin flu back in the second era and wiped out quite a few races, including the Kothringi. But Argonians somehow have a natural immunity to diseases. Lucky them. So um, they are known as uh, form the foremost experts, experts in guerrilla warfare in Tamriel. And this probably, uh, there's a reputation brought upon them by defending their borders from enemies for countless centuries. So... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> here's a little fun fact about them. So during the Oblivion Crisis, there were portals that from there were Oblivion Gates that were opening all over Tamriel, where Dramora and all sorts of nasty crap was just pouring into Tamriel. Well, the Argonians, when the Oblivion Gates were opening in Black Marsh, the Argonians actually ended up using them to invade Merun's Dagon's uh, realm of Oblivion. And to the point where the Dramora and all the all of Merun's Dagon's uh, minions were like, screw this, we're getting out of here. And they actually got out of Black Marsh. So I, that was highly amusing when I first heard that. So don't mess with Argonians. So according to the first era scholar Brendan the Persistent, the Argonian people have throughout Tamrielic history been perhaps the most misunderstood, vilified, and reviled of all the sentient races. Yet those who have taken the time to experience Argonian culture have gained a greater appreciation for this notable and noble and beautiful people. However, it should himself be noted it should be noted that he himself went missing on his final expedition into the swamps of their homeland. Yeah, the uh, error of the Black Marsh can be a little toxic, so which is why I I don't know. I honestly haven't spent a lot of time in Black Marsh and ESO, I need to do that. But uh, so let's get into how they came to be. So long ago, Argonians lived in giant stone ziggurats that extended all across Black Marsh. And according to some, even in southern Marlin, yep, uh, Black Marsh is actually just south of Marlin. So um, the Argonians were capable of great feats, creating magical defenses that remained both functional and effective well into the second era. So these Argonians both feared and worshipped Sithis, thanking him as the only force of destruction that required sacrificial rituals to appease. Modern Argonians consider both the construction of this so the stone Zan mirrors and this faithful devotion to Sithis as both a flawed beliefs. Uh, they think of it as a flawed belief system, as it only saw Sithis as a destroyer and not a creator as well. Really, Sithis is a creator. That, <laughs> that's uh, news to me. So I need to get into Sithis lore a little bit more. Exactly when and how this ancient society collapsed is unknown, but they were already living in established preliterate tribal communities and around the time the first Aldmer began exploring Tamriel. The ancient Argonians were swiftly displaced by the more technologically and magically advanced elder folk and were driven back into the swamps of their homeland. Black Marsh in those times was inhabited by multiple races from the diverse Kothringi, which I mentioned earlier, to the Cantameric Volathi, later known as the Barsabic Aeliads, to the Vulpine Limothite? Limothite? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce that. So they, they must be cousin, cousins of the Khajiit, like fox versions of Khajiit. And they held the lizard folk in the most, in almost myth-like sense. For some, they were wandering curiosities, and for others, they were heroes that notably saved the non 
nobly saved the non-reptilian inhabitants from the horrors of the marsh and for others still they were terrifying savages so i guess i don't know that people feel that they do not understand so argonians only occasionally left their homeland during the first during the er, early years of the first era although there were accounts of certain individuals of the race being found in other parts of Tamriel during the time. According to the Saxhale ghost encountered in Stonefalls in the Second Era 582, that sounds like something that happens during ESO, the ancient Chimer utilized the lizard folk as slaves centuries before the descendants of the Dunmer would do the same. Exactly when and why the Chimeri practice ended is unknown, but the Dark Elves and the even the Saxlil themselves seem to have forgotten it ever occurred. Well, of course, they blacked it out. The race's standard contempt for outside people originated in the latter years of the Alessana Empire, when pirates and other criminals often exploited Black Marsh's treacherous land land. Yeah. I cannot talk today. I apologize. Black Marsh's treacherous landscape to evade imperial law. The entirety of the eastern coastline of the Topol Bay was famous for piracy, <laughs> Topol the pilot. And and in First Era 1 1033, First Era 1033, Emperor Empress Hestra ordered the head of the Red Brahmin, the most notorious of these criminals, to be brought to her in order to end the bandit activity. The Imperial Navy was forced to enter Argonia through the bay and traveled deeper into the swamps than anyone else had before and finally beheaded the red-headed pirate king in his bandit kingdom near the modern city of Black Rose. The pillaging and slavery that the Brahmin introduced into the marsh made Argonians resentful toward the racism men and their resistance to the continued use of the old pirate routes led to decreased exploration as the first empire's influence waned. Despite this bitterness, the Argonians still allied themselves and aided the empire when the deadly Thracian, Thracian plague ravaged Tamriel in the first era 2200. I think I talked about that in the Deadly Diseases episode. Argonian freebooters joined alongside the Red Guard corsairs, Clovian galley, Breton, Breton warships, and the even even the Aldmeri cutters in the All Flags Navy. The greatest allied naval force in Tamriel history to enact revenge against the Slode, which are giant slug-like people. A species hated by all races of Tamriel. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Slode are assholes. But what can you do? The Tamrielics succeeded in their mission, sinking Thras into the to the bottom of the Sea of Pearls, although it would later rise again. But a greater number of ships were unfortunately pulled into Cold Harbor by the magical whirlpool. When the Saxheel Saxheel Saxleel were <laughs> easy for me to say, right? were never conquered by the Alessian Empire or the Riemann dynasty of emperors. Apparently, they never were. On the other hand, took great interest in incorporating it as a province during their reign. 
In First Terra 2811, the last M army of the Lizard Folk was defeated by the armies of Cyrodiil, but Black Marsh itself can continued to lay largely outside the Imperial control. When Raymond II ascended to the Ruby Throne, and the unconquered territories of Marland and Black Marsh weighed heavily on his mind, he rashly decided to conquer Argonia in the year 2830 and nearly lost as many men from the swamps as he did from the Argonians that resisted him. Yet, don't, like I said, don't mess with Argonians. He eventually managed to gain control of the northern and eastern sections of the territory and declared those parts of the the imperial province of Black Marsh in First Era 2837. The Argonians' homeland would go on to become a sort of prison state, specifically the city of Black Rose, a place where criminals not trusted in the conventional dungeons could be relocated. So, um, after the assassination of Raymond III and his only heir, Juliac and the Akaviri Potentate declared the beginning of the Second Era. The Argonians saw their chance and forcibly left the crumbling Raymond dynasty, becoming a self-governed territory once again. So, um, unfortunately, after the Argonians left the Empire, the Dunmer of Morrowind once again turned their gaze toward the south and saw a swampy land ripe with potential slaves. For thousands of years before the first second era of 582, the Dunmer had raided the land for slave labor and they and in the process picked up and took with them anything else that would be portable and might be valuable, including livestock. Entire tribes were dragged off in chains to Stone Falls, Vardenfell, and the Deshaun. The Dunmary Great House dress had been cemented as a great house in times long past when its prognator Thlothil dress conducted a slave raid in the city of Thorn, becoming primary providers for the slave trade in their homeland. While the Dark Elves saw the enslavement of Argonians as a great uplifting and betterment for the race in general, the lizard folks themselves detested their so-called masters and fought them constantly. Yeah, I don't blame them at all. Argonians are often considered to be the creators of the deadly gnat and flu in Second Era 560, which originated in the city-state of Stormhold, and then spread throughout Tamriel like wildfire. This claim has never been proven, but since Argonians proved to be immune to the contagion, the other races quickly came to believe that one of their shamans manipulated the histories into creating it in retaliation for the constant oppression of their people, specifically the Dunmer. The, the hist is something I need to get into. I haven't really talked about that much, but a lot of the Argonian culture has to do with the hist. The flu soured Tamrielic opinion of Argonians, who were thought to be the carriers of the disease, and the Dunmers soon found themselves in their, in their, their most numerous vassals constantly turned down by others. So yeah, how'd that slave trade go for you guys? Perhaps the greatest and most surprising historical event the Argonians took part in during the Second Era was the Liberation War, which is better remembered as the Second Akaviri Invasion. 
In Second Era 572, a strong Akaviri force led by Adasumdrir Kamal, that's about the best I can do with that, attacked Windhelm in eastern Skyrim, and ki he killed Queen Mobjarn Flamehair and Princess Nern Nernhilde, I think is how you pronounce that, leaving the city ruined behind the eastern army and continued on their way to Riften, but it found itself heavily fortified by Nords, who were led by Joran Skald King and Wolf Wolfarharth, the Asa King, who was who was called back to Nern from Sovngarde by the Greybeards. I didn't know that was possible. So Yorin is actually a big part of the um, ESO game. So yeah, <laughs> if you've played ESO, you know who Yorin is. So um, the invaders decided to bypass the Nordic city and entered Morrowind instead, where the Dunmeri army led by Almalexia, part of the tribunal, fought against them, but were forced to retreat into Stonefall. So yeah, that Akaviri invasion went really well. Sometime prior to the initial invasion, an Argonian slave girl named Haita Mean escaped from the dress plantation. She was being forced to work alongside several of her compatriots, but was captured by the Dunmeri-aligned Archant tribe and taken back to their village. While being held there, she received a vision from the history, one showing Nords and Dunmer dying at the hands of the Akaviri. She saw an opportunity in this and was taken back to Thorn. She killed her slave master and by way of duel and took control of the Archant Guards. She held Stormhold, Stormhold where she was able to gain support for the majority of the Shellbacks there. And they and then made haste to aid the Dunmer and to resoundingly drove the invaders into the sea. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get into more of the uh, third. I'm going to kind of skip the third and fourth eras. So, I mean, Argonians apparently were the first among the races to secede from the weakening, weakening empire along with the Red Guards. So, um, Along, yeah, they and the Khajiit were like, all right, we're out of here. We're not going to be a part of the Empire anymore. So, um, yeah, let's let's get into more of their culture and and things like that. So, most, if not Argonian tribes, revere and build their lives around the history. They ingest its sap during rituals, lay, lay their eggs among its roots, and often live according to Hist's will. Tribes that build their lives around the Hist often do so literally as they construct their settlements around the Hist. Argonian leaders, known as tree minders, tend to be the tribe's Hist, uh, tend to, uh, sorry, I cannot talk today. Argonian leaders, known as tree minders, tend to the tribe's Hist and seek its wisdom through communication with the tree. Yeah, it's a tree that commun can communicate with people. On rare occasions, the Hiss may speak directly with an individual individual through most tree minders, and they can in, the tree minders can interpret signs sent by the Hiss. Some tribes tend to possess a sap speaker who is directly who is a direct intermediary with the Hiss. The sap speaker will spend days and weeks at a time 
among the roots and the canopy of the hist, ingesting its sap and eating the otherwise forbidden fruit of the tree. And using many hours of the day to indulge in solitary contemplation, the sap speaker emerges from their solitude with the knowledge they've acquired from the hist during the long bouts of study. So yeah, their entire, like I said, a lot of their society is built around the history. The Argonian allegory, known as the parable of becoming states, that the hist found the humanoid forms of men and were useful, molding the forms of the swamps lizards after them to create the Argonian. So yeah, the hist actually um, made, it formed the Argonians. Like the, the Argonians came from the hist. So yeah, I think they kind of do owe their their lives to the Hist, considering their, the Hist was what created the Argonians. Some scholars believe that the Hellstrom, Hellstrom ancestral lizard is what the Argonians were uplifted from. Adding to this theory, the Argonian Merglim had a vision while on, on Umbriel, which is the floating rock that nearly killed everybody. So within the vision... Miraglim experienced the life of a lizard every day until the root and the taste of the hyssop came, transforming his body and his mind. I believe this is part of one of the uh, Elder Scrolls novels. I'm not sure which one, but there were two Elder Scrolls novels that took place in between the uh, events of Oblivion and the events of Skyrim. It kind of bridged the gap between those two games. So, um, similarly, theories exist that the state that state that the hist also mimicked the forms of the mounts of both men and myrrh, creating the lizard steeds for the purpose of being used by Argonians to ride long distances. Argonians believe that their souls were given to them by the hist. According to the lizard folk, there was nothing before the hist. Because of this, the souls of this Saxleal contain unique qualities that sets them apart from the connection and are viewed by others as of their kind as a disadvantage because they can't understand the most simple Argonian gestures. Although Argonians appear reptilian in nature at first glance, they exhibit qualities of fish, amphibians, and even birds. They are able to breathe underwater through small gills in their ears. Yeah, that's also another benefit of choosing Argonians as your race when you're doing a playthrough. So, um, yeah, they can breathe underwater and are capable of growing feathers. Most female Argonians additionally have what appear to be mammalian breasts, but at the same time are able to lay eggs. Ancient kid, yeah, I always kind of wondered about that, but maybe that's just me. Ancient cave pictures depict figures which appear to be more tree-like than Argonian. Argonian's genders are sometimes referred to as life phases, as it is stated upon, as said upon, that the juvenile state of life, an Argonian will lick sick, lick hist sap in order to stimulate hormonal glands, which will cause them to sprout their sexual organs. However, this is unconfirmed. An Argonian hatchling may be may apparently be of any gender. An Argonian's life begins when a clutch of eggs conceived by a mated pair. Well, that's usually how it goes. 
The tribes of Black Marsh all have their own customs for choosing mates. Some pick each other out of love or attraction, while others, like the Brightthroat tribe, bond with members of tribes to improve tribal relations. In any case, eggs are laid and transferred to an uxit or nest, where they are tended to by Argonian midwives until they hatch. While Ar the Argonians take care of their eggs, the Hist guides their development and determines what shape their hatchlings will take. The Brightthrope tribe of Merkmire, so they have egg tenders to perform this task. On top of attending the needs of the eggs and discerning which ones are fertile and which ones are not destined to hatch, the tenders tend also rend nursery meticulous and record meticulously record every egg that enters the uxlet the pairs that were born to how many hatchlings emerge and when the eggs hatch and to which star signs the hatchlings are born under are just there that's just some of their recorded things that they keep track of they perform the usual tasks one expects when one tends to eggs and protects them including monitoring the eggs and crushing biting bugs that may harm them there are signs to look for in an unhealthy egg, including dry shells, lack of luster, thin membranes, and an empty shadow. If an Argonian is not destined to hatch, it returns to the hist, sinking into the roots and fading away. So, um, one of the things that they that we find out are, um, like I said, it kind of depends on what sign the stars are born under, or the eggs are born. Uh, hatched under and one of those um is the shadow scales so shadow scales are a long-standing monastic order of argonian assassins that worship sethus and void and it consists of saxleal born under the sign of the shadow according to some sources the downfall of ancient argonians was because of the, their scales were darkened by the touch of Sithis. Shadow scales also serve as law enforcement in Black Marsh, bringing down swamp law on an unruly foreigners and natives alike. They are often at birth. They are often offered at birth into the Dark Brotherhood, a group of assassins that also follow Sithis. So, yeah, there's an Argonian. There, actually, you find I first heard about this in Oblivion where the two Argonians that are in the Dark Brotherhood, uh, Tainaba and Ochiba, were both shadow scales. So, yeah, that's that's where I heard that. So, Merkmire uh, pickled frog eyes are used to settle a sour stomach. We're getting into some medicine here. So, they also have many products for moistening scales and frills. So, um, there's also some talk about... Uh, there are there so there's some um yeah they talk about their architecture where they often have uh, pyramidal structures known as zan mirrors and way shrines dedicated to the stars so sorry we're, we're starting to run a little long here so i'm gonna kind of wrap it up um you know all of their most of their religion has to do with the hist so um so, Argonians kind of have the most alien personalities of all of Tamriel. 
So from a human or mer perspective, it's also assumed that lizard folk possess neither personality nor emotions, which is BS. They do. Um, yeah, in Skyrim, it, like if you go up to Windhelm, Argonians are persecuted along. Basically, any non-Nord were persecuted. So, um, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of wrap this up here. If you want more information, check out the UESP article um, that talks about Argonians. I'll leave it at that. So. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tamrielic Adventures uh, P on Twitter and Tamrielic Adventures on Instagram. You can follow my personal account at iangold08. You can email me if you'd like at Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Tamrielic. Sorry, I kind of scatterbrained today i apologize guys um yeah twitch.tv slash thulior and also check out my other show nintendo which i drop on the off weeks that i'm not doing this show so um yeah until then just stay safe and uh let's see merchant where should we go next let's uh Let's go to the Somerset Isles and talk about the Oliver. I don't know why you keep avoiding the Khajiit. Uh, let's just say that we're saving the best for last. How about that? So, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll drink to that. So, as I said, as always, stay safe, adventurers. And don't judge a book by its cover. They could be, become your best friends. All right. Later, guys.